Hi guys, and welcome back to Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. I'm your host, Marley Freigang. I started Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl because I believed that there was a lot of misconception and smoke and mirrors behind the entertainment industry. It seemed so glamorous sitting on my couch, watching TV, and those things just sort of like appeared to be that way. I knew so little about the competitiveness of the entertainment industry and just also the grind. So I'm very excited for this episode. We are talking a lot about that dreaded idea of networking and how to put yourself out there in relationship to the entertainment industry. But I also think this episode applies to a lot of very competitive industries as well. Sure, this might be more specific if you're someone creative, but there are tons of nuggets from this to apply to any competitive business. And if you're somebody who's been scared to network or just like don't know how to put yourself out there, we're going to reframe that into relationship building. In this episode, we are joined by Jonah Shaw. She is an actress, which you can see in many different projects, but also she is the CEO and creator of Career Activate, a business program for actors. Jonah is honestly, guys, such a hustler and knows so much about how to build up your career, build up your community in the entertainment industry. And we are going to get into all of that. <laughs> so you want to be an egg girl? Hi guys, and welcome back to Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. Today, we are joined by Jonah Shao. Jonah Shao is a first-generation Chinese-American actress who has quickly become one to watch in the entertainment industry, portraying dynamic characters in some of the most talked-about projects in film and television. Her credits include Daisy in the critically acclaimed crime drama series Hightown. You can also hear her powerful voice as young Namari in Disney's fantastic action-adventure film Raya and the Last dragon she also shot and filmed three new projects coming out this past month but if that wasn't enough she is also this creator and ceo of the business program for actors career activate which teaches actors how to operate in the industry as professionals welcome to the show joda shao thank you so much for having me marley oh i am so excited i have been a big fan of jonah for a long time we met. I am in the program Career Activate. And guys, I'm not joking. She's the most impressive woman I know. So I'm (laughs) so excited to talk to you all about so many different things. So thank you so much for being here. And I'm so glad that you're one of our amazing elite clients. So it's been awesome getting to know you through the program. Oh, I love doing the program. I was literally (laughs) just thinking about it when we were getting ready for this interview. So we're going to dive right in here. Jonah, you are such a go-getter, or we can say go-getter giver, but we'll get into that in a second. Can you explain to the audience where your business savvy came from? Sure. So I really wanted to look at the business side because I knew nothing about it. So long story short, when I was 12 years old, I was scammed by a talent agency and my parents had like like no money. And so it was very um, heartbreaking and uh, I felt really guilty and ashamed. And so I was like, I don't know anything about this business side of the industry. And so when I moved to LA, I went to USC. I, my degree is 
was studying the business side of entertainment. And then I started working on that side of the business. So casting, representation, producing, the side that I didn't know anything about. And that's when I was like, oh my gosh, this is what the the working actors are doing. I got to see what the working actors that were doing that the rest of us, we didn't know to do or we weren't doing in terms of actions and strategies. So less so the acting side and more so like the business side with marketing, branding, networking, getting a rep, all all that side. Mm -hmm. Wow. So like when you were at USC and Mm -hmm. learning all about the business side, did you know you wanted to go into acting or were you not sure where you were going to land in the entertainment industry? That's a great question. Um, I had wanted to act since I was like 12 years old. And for me, I was open to maybe being an agent, uh, maybe working in casting. So I was exploring because I knew I loved entertainment and I love how collaborative it is. And so, you know, I worked in different jobs. And so I, yeah, I was considering representation. I was considering casting um, and decided ultimately to start Career Activate to help support other actors and to also uh, focus on my own acting career. So I ended up uh, picking those two. It's so interesting because I think a lot of times actors, I mean, myself included, like we know about the glory, the glam of it and like know so little about the business side. It's such a like hole in what you see from on your TV at home. Like what is like some of the big things out of all that other side of the world that you think have helped your acting career? Sure. So like the business side, is that what you mean? Yes, the business side. Absolutely. So what we always say at Correctivate is like there's this table of success. So if you mm-hmm. want to get more a lot more opportunities as an actor, you have to focus on your the four legs of your table. So one leg is um, relationships and networking. And I think that's the side that a lot of us ignore for so long because we have so many like negative associations with the word mm-hmm. networking because it feels like we're using people, but there's so many ways to like genuinely connect and reconnect with people. So for me and a lot of our clients, we see it as just making new friends, right? Mm-hmm. We get to make new friends with people that um, share a similar vision to us, have a similar why. Um, and I think that's really powerful. So collaborating with your friends, essentially. So we have networking as one leg and another one being like branding and your marketing materials, because so much of it is like this whole, like getting rich in your niche and really standing out in your category. And we all have, we're all unique and different. Um, but so much, so many times we don't know what it is that we're bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. And so then it makes it difficult to um, brand ourselves or to put ourselves out there. Um, the agent piece, a lot of people, that's the side that they focus a lot on. Um, mm-hmm. is the piece. And then maybe self-pitching or getting your own opportunities. So I think all four of those areas are equally important when it comes to uh, building a career, basically. I love how you mentioned the branding because so much of this podcast, we talk about being like your own it girl. And sometimes, right, you want to find that that thing that makes you take as a special person, you know, your own uniqueness, your it factor, and everybody has one. It's just like, you have to bring it forward. And that's, it's a very important part about branding, I think, in so many creative paths. So I I love that you brought that up. <laughs> a big pillar of the podcast. So we mentioned the term go-giver and we know mm. this industry can be tough and glamorized as we mentioned. Why is it important in the entertainment industry 
to operate as a go-giver. I also feel like this could apply to a lot of other industries as well. I was just going to say, really just okay, in good. life. I think the more in, in general, the more you help other people accomplish their goals and dreams, it makes your goals and dreams like way easier to accomplish. So mm-hmm. um, I have a friend, Jimmy, who uh, he, so he's a director, writer, producer. And for many years, a big his primary focus was really helping his friends get jobs in the industry, driving people to the airport, uh, dropping off screeners for people, like anything and everything he could do um, to support other people in achieving their goals and dreams. And I remember um, him calling me one day and he was like, hey, Jonah, can you do me a favor? And I kid you not, that was probably the most exciting question I got all week. I literally jumped up and down and was like so excited that he was asking me for help because he had done so much for me in my life and in my career. And so I was like over, I was so excited to get to help him. And when he kickstarted his first like feature project, like (laughs) he got the funding and much more within like, (laughs) I don't know, 24 hours. Um, And he was already hitting his like stretch goal after just a few days or something like that, because there's just so many people that like, just were so grateful to him and just really wanted to, I guess in this, this sense, physically, like literally repay his kindness. But so much of it was just like, we just wanted to give back to him, you know, not out of obligation, but because like he had done so much for us. And I think the more we help other people, the, the more we focus out, um, we're helping other people and that makes us feel good. And we're seeing their growth and their progress. And it always comes around in some way, whether it's through that person in the future or someone else, we don't do it to get something from the other person, of course. But I think, um, you put that energy in the universe and you just get it returned in so many ways. And then it's like an upward spiral for all of us. Agreed. I think that says so much about being present with people and really listening to what they're working on and just it puts you in such a better space to be going for creative dreams by being proactive to others' creative dreams. I just think it can make your your self-worth towards others feel better too. Absolutely. Like two of my favorite questions to ask when it comes to like, like adding value and helping someone else. I love to ask a question like, hey, like what's one of the most important things to you in the next 90 days? Or you just pick a period mm-hmm. of time, right? Then they answer. And the whole time they're answering, you're just asking yourself like, oh, like, is there someone I could connect them with? Is there a resource they could use? Like, how can I support them? Sometimes at the end of that answer, like them answering, you're, you're like, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. And so that's where part two comes in. The second question, which is react however you would react. So like, oh, that sounds great. Or that sounds really fascinating. Uh, what's one thing I can do to support you in that? Mm-hmm. And they're just reactions people give you, um, especially people in the industry that are so used to people wanting from them. They want, mm-hmm. they want, they want. It's so refreshing to have someone um, coming from a genuine place of like, hey, like I see you and like, how do I, how do I make your life better? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And I think it speaks so much to this. Oh, I, I should tattoo this like TikTok on my body. <laughs> There's this TikTok and it's this guy, he's on a podcast and he's saying, you know, like you shouldn't be jealous of the people around you because the people you're surrounding yourself with, like if they're succeeding, like you're succeeding, like God is in the neighborhood is the, is the saying he uses. I haven't heard that God is in the neighborhood. I'm going to send it to you after this. It's (laughs) so good because I think also in this industry, everybody wants something from somebody. And on top of it, there's a lot of comparison and like, you just have to remember those compare and despair if they're succeeding and you know them you're succeeding like too because you're helping everybody's dreams get there absolutely like you know with our elite uh, client community it's 
what we always say is like, look, if it's happening to someone, like if you're seeing that Facebook post and like, um, she just booked a series regular and instead of being like, oh, well, like that's nice for her. Like, why can't I do it? Instead of why can't I, we need to ask ourselves better questions. So instead Mm -hmm. of why can't I, it's how can, or what can I learn from them? Right. And also, as you said, like God is in the neighborhood. So if someone in your immediate network, your community is doing it, then it's so much closer to you, you know, because so much of our values, what's important to us is very much shaped and molded by the people we spend time with. Mm-hmm. So that's very different from like, for me, um, for half my childhood, I grew up in a trailer park in upstate New York. So I was in this trailer park where I knew no one in entertainment, right? The closest I knew to someone in the business was like watching TV shows. So it's like seeing actors on a TV screen, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, that was for me so far removed from my life, right? But wanting to like be an actor and like, what does that even look like versus being in a community and being around people who are doing it, who are ambitious and go-giving. And I think that's why I feel like community is one of the most underrated things that doesn't get talked about, That the importance of it um, is tremendous. And I think that helps combat the loneliness that a lot of us feel. Like when I first moved to LA, I lived in such a, you know, LA is such a crowded city, but I also never felt so lonely. Mm -hmm. So I think having that community um, and creating that community for yourself um, is uh, like a must when it comes to the quality of your life. I agree. And I think that's having that kind of community is the kind of thing that will keep you going versus maybe yes. leaving. Yeah. To have that support. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about the grind of the entertainment industry. Okay. A big pillar of this podcast is we love to talk about how glamorized jobs look so easy, maybe to the audience watching that TV show. But we're talking about the work, the craft, the networking, Can you tell us about your term aggressive with grace and how it came about and what kind of situations do you use aggressive with grace? Sure. Um, So the term aggressiveness with grace, I first heard from Gary Marsh, founder Mm. of Breakdown Services. So um, one of our elite clients, Max, calls it aggressiveness. (laughs) I love that. I was like, I like that. I was like, can I use that? He's like, absolutely. I'm like, thanks, Max. So I think it's really important to be aggressive because I find that 90% of actors are not aggressive enough. enough. We're um, too scared. We're too timid. We're too worried about getting blacklisted, right? Mm -hmm. And then 10% of us, Maybe we're a little too aggressive and we could use more of the grace side. But I think most people could be more aggressive, but with Mm. grace, that's the importance. Um, So what that can look like is, you know, if there's a role that you're really right for reaching out to your rep, you know, and being proactive about it and not just thinking, well, like, I hope they submitted me and pitched me, but instead maybe something like, hey, like, I'm sure you already um, submitted me for the role of X on this project. I was wondering how you felt about pitching me because, and then giving them maybe a couple bullet points. Maybe Mm -hmm. they don't know that you have a special skill that's really connected to that character. Maybe they don't realize that you have a connection um, with that producer. You know, maybe you babysat that producer's kid before, right? So like, um, you know, those bullet points can really help them um, take the next step in pitching you for that project. So that's like one example of being aggressive with grace. So you're not um, the too aggressive approach, 
might be like demanding to your rep, like, hey, you need to do this and you need to do that. That might be too aggressive. And then you're not being aggressive enough if you don't go after the opportunities that you think you're right for. Because you have, as you said, like we all have that it factor. We all have that gift inside of us. And so if we're not sharing that with the world and we're not putting ourselves out there, then we're robbing this world of a lot of contribution and a lot of us that this world needs. So stop robbing from people. Yes. Stop robbing from people. I just I love, <laughs> I, well, and I think it goes into the whole idea of sometimes, you know, we're worried, like, I'm not good enough. I'm not, you know, I, I can't ask this of my rep or, you know, my boss or whatever it may be, because like, you know, we feel beholden to like a power structure, but it's like, if you approach things professionally and, you know, say, you know, I know this person, this is why X, Y, Z, I think this is a good fit for me. It, it eliminates that, you know, construct of like the power of that you don't believe that you can fit in in this way. And I just think it's so empowering to be like, hey, like I, you know, no, like I do know this person. I got this. It's just so wild though, because I think for a long time for myself, just in my own life, like I felt so beholden to that like idea. Absolutely. That's very relatable. I think that's happened to a lot of us. I think a lot of people go through it and it's not just like in the acting industry. Obviously I always talk about it in relation to the acting industry because that seems like the system I really know that I'm like, oh, like I'm scared of the people above me, but it's like, no, like put your worth out there. Yes, absolutely. And I think the self-worth journey is like a lifelong journey for most of us. Uh, It's, you know, it's still a work in progress for me, but it's a, a big improvement from my college days where I just, I asked the wrong questions, right? Like I perceived myself as someone that was broken. I was struggling with um, an eating disorder and a gambling addiction at the same time. And I just saw myself as a broken person. That's how I saw. I was like, I am broken. So I would try to fix myself. Um, Like, oh, how do I fix myself? Which... (laughs) The problem is like, it presupposes that we are, that that there's something broken. And Mm -hmm. um, instead it was very much like me coming to realize, look, none of us are broken. None of us need to be fixed. We actually have everything inside of us um, to succeed. All the resources, everything we need. Now, sometimes we're just, we feel a little cut off from them and we can use support from other people, programs, um, tools to help uh, basically access those resources and tools that are already inside of us. And so I think that was a big distinction and a huge turning point for me um, was not seeing solutions as all outside of myself, that they were already inside of myself and there was nothing missing about me, that maybe I just needed support connecting to those resources. Oh, I love that. Cause I think so many times we get so stuck in like structures and look outwards to fix things, but it's already there. Like you, you have it, you just have to maybe uncover it. And you know, that can be working with some, a mentor, a coach. Absolutely. There's so many different ways you'll get back to that. So I think that's just such an excellent point to green, uh, bring up. You have probably heard this idea. You've heard the idea that it's not about what you know, but who you know. <laughs> Thus, the dreaded, people dread networking. And 
I mean, honestly, before career activated, I career activated. I I've been career activated. I feel so much better towards reaching out towards people, and I don't even like the word networking anymore. I like relationship building. Can you yes. tell us why it's just so important to reach out to people and share your goals with those around you? Absolutely, it's really hard to achieve anything in life, um, especially a goal as audacious as like you know being an actor or working actor in this business. We know how competitive and challenging it is. We get told that all the time, right? Yes. <laughs> especially with such an audacious goal, um, it's so important to get support, right? I always say successful people do it themselves, but never alone. Mm. So if people don't know what your passions are, if they don't know what drives you and what you're excited about and what your goals and dreams are, how can they ever support you, right? Mm. So I think it's so important to share your goals with other people and ask them for theirs. And it's really exciting to see someone light up and for them to see you light up as you talk about the things that are important to you and the next steps for you. So I think, yeah, I definitely believe that the quality of our life is in direct relationship to the quality of our relationships, like hands down. And so that's why um, there's a Tim Ferriss exercise that I like to do regularly. I generally recommend people do this maybe like once a quarter at least, mm. which is like what uh, make a list and you could keep it private. Um, who are the 20% of people that are contributing to 80% of your stress, anxiety, fear, <laughs> worry? And then who are the 20% of uh, people that are contributing to 80% of your joy, inspiration, happiness, fulfillment, and take a look at those lists. And it's not necessarily about cutting out, you know, the people that are on the first list, but maybe like, do we, does the nature of that relationship need to change? Or do we just want to spend less time with those people and more time with the people on the second list that are mm -hmm. um, helping us be the people that we want to be and feel the way we want to feel. Right. Oh, that goes back so much to the idea of like a little bit what we were talking around, like your community kind of is, it is part of you. Like, and have you heard the, you're like the sum of like the seven people you're closest to. Mm -hmm. I live for that quote because I think it's so true. If like, you know, if you are the sum of the people you are around and if someone is making your 10 feel like a three, yes, you don't have to cut them out, but like maybe we need to adjust the relationship or, you know, you need to adjust how much you let them affect you. Yes. And I think that's huge and just in the personal journey and let alone if that's something you're dealing with in the actor journey, whew, like it can be a lot. Absolutely. And, and for me, like um, our coaches at Correctivate are amazing and we have like, we support one another as well. And like a lot of times they're my go-to if I'm dealing with like a personal stress or like a bit, like a, you know, it's hard to be objective with your own career. Um, mm -hmm. And so I go to them for help. And I remember there was a period where I was starting to audition. So I'd done a lot of like smaller roles um, on TV and I felt very comfortable doing that and smaller supporting characters. But like there was this mental block that I was dealing with, like not really feeling like I was interesting enough or good enough to play like a bigger role on a TV show or a film. And so I remember uh, talking to one of our coaches, Rachel, and we just had this really lovely like mindset discussion. And she asked me like, you know, some really great questions like that were really pointing at like, what, like, why did I feel like I wasn't interesting enough? Like, what is it about? Like, is it true that like, 
like, I'm not well, I I don't have enough training. Is it tr- really true that um, other people are more talented than me? Like what, what were the blocks getting in the way? And like, you know, having, being in that space of people that see your potential when you don't sometimes helps you, as you said, like keep going and not give up. And so, you know, it was a challenging time for me, like mentally and emotionally, but um, I'm really glad I had that community to support me through that. Um, Because there was definitely several times in my career where I seriously considered quitting and throwing in the towel. And it's unfortunate how many people quit when they're like three feet from gold or whatever Mm -hmm. that phrase is, right? Where it's like, it's just right there and they don't realize it. And so I, I'm a big proponent of the quote, if there's something that you want that you don't have, it just means there's something you don't know. Notice mm-hmm. I didn't say it's not, be- it's because you're not good enough. It's you're, you're not pretty enough. You're not this enough. It's none of that. That's all BS that like the lizard part of our brain sometimes tells us that's like priming us for fear and ma- making sure we're okay. So I think um, I always go back to that, like that it's not like a missing part inside me. It's just, it's something I just need to discover or learn. Mm-hmm. Oh, which just makes me always think about knowledge is power, which always made me think like, oh, be in school, learn things. But sometimes it's just like knowledge of the self, like knowledge of those around you will really continue to empower you and move you forward. Especially if you take action on it. And that's why yes. I like accountability. Um, like when I'm being coached, accountability is a big piece. Like mm-hmm. I think there's this perception that like some people just never need accountability. And <laughs> they're a very small percentage, I think. <laughs> For me, I'm like, I'm a bit lazy. <laughs> what? I know, I know. I, yeah, some of my like, like super sure. close friends, I, some of my super friend, close friends know this about me. They're like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you just I, dropped the biggest confession I've ever seen in my life. This, this might sound gross, but sometimes I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to brush my teeth. I don't want to, like, there's just like the small, the easiest things. I'm like, I just don't want to, right? Like, and I think that's so natural. And I think we all go through that and yet we beat ourselves up for that. But uh, so then instead of like, again, instead of being like, oh, I'm a lazy piece of shit. Instead of like all that, it's like, okay, what's going on for me? Like, do I need to take a step back and like do some me time? Um, What are my accountability structures? Like, how do Mm -hmm. I put a structure in place so I can be successful as opposed to like always having to depend on like willpower? For, uh, for a long time, I thought willpower was like, I just need more willpower. Like, um, and I realized that for me, environment is way more powerful than willpower. Like mm. the environment and the structures you set, like the people around you, the structures you've set up for yourself to follow through are like way more powerful in my opinion, because willpower is very finite and I, for me can disappear very quickly. <laughs> Well, that God, that's so interesting you say that because A, I would have never known that. I would have never, been, I would have been like, if someone asked me and they'd be like, do you think Jonah Shaw is lazy? I'd be like, no, she's the exact opposite. She's <laughs> a lazy person. But it's just so crazy because also I do think this, this career being as driven as you are can lead to like burnout. Yes. And it's, it's important to know with like what kind of structures you can set up to keep you in a middle tier from burnout. We all have seasons in our lives where we just go so hard Mm -hmm. and then we have other seasons where like we need to just like lay back and recoup because I've found for myself this is totally from my own experience that if I burn out and 
I don't recoup, I actually start making a detriment to my myself, my my act, even my acting skill, my you know efforts I'm putting out. Like I'm not putting my best foot forward. So sometimes it's so important to take that break, talk to an accountability partner, talk to a friend, just like catch up on some real life stuff, and then maybe you'll like come back to being a real creative person operating in a really hard industry. Absolutely. Um, one of our uh, coaches on the team, Tiffany, she, I love that she said recently, um, she's like, look, you know, when you're watching TV, if you're on Netflix and chilling and you're beating yourself up for Netflix and chilling, it's like, Hey, like you're doing research, you know, for, for you in the entertainment industry, like that's research. And it's like, Oh, that's true. (laughs) No, of course we don't want to, you know, if we're all of a sudden like Netflix and and chilling like 12 hours a day for like a few weeks or TikTok (laughs) scrolling for endless hours. Right. Right. but it's amazing how often, like working with so many actors, like how often we're so hard on ourselves and we beat ourselves up and how important I'm a recovering perfectionist. So I understand, but so much of it is like, like really focusing on what you're doing well and like leaning into that and then adding things instead mm-hmm. of like, just looking at like, oh, well, I don't have this and I don't have that and I'm not doing this. And man, like I'm such a failure. Like that doesn't help us. Um, we think I mean, maybe there's a very small percentage of the population that's truly positively motivated by that. But for most of us, it's really unhelpful Mm -hmm. and it doesn't put us in a space of like power and excitement and passion. And when we were in that kind of more negative space, then it's more fear-based and like, like desperate and like, I need to do this. And people feel that energy. Right. Um, it's, it doesn't help us at all in terms of achieving our goals. Yeah. I love what you say when, you know, you're in that like desperate, needy space to nobody wants to be around that energy. Like it's uncomfortable. And so I always use this like analogy, like if you're driving the car, like really dangerously and scary, everybody on the freeway is like, what the hell are you doing? Like, like, I just need to get out of the way. Right. Like, I just want to get out of the way. Nobody's, nobody's impressed by that. Like it's just, it's just a check in with yourself that like, okay, operating in this place might be pushing away the things I want instead of welcoming them that welcoming them in. Yes. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I love that. I just love this conversation. So I have always been been so impressed by your professionalism and you are a female in this industry who is just so strong in your mentality and professionalism. However, we can't ignore the issues that have happened to women in the past in entertainment industry. Can you speak on how you advocate for yourself as a woman in the entertainment industry? But I also think this is something that's really applicable to just women in the workplace. Absolutely. Um, I I don't know the exact statistic, but it's like the, the percentage of men that will apply for a job when they don't have all the like qualifications or all the like suggested right. um, qualifications is way higher than um, women who will apply for that same job. Like uh, it's more likely that a woman will look at the post and if she doesn't meet every single requirement, she's like, oh, then like, like this isn't a right fit or mm-hmm. I'm not good enough for this job, which is really interesting. So like knowing that us as women as a whole, of course, mm-hmm. just a broad, broad generalization um, because of how we grew up, the messaging from TV and film, some like some not great messaging that we grew up with. Um, we unconsciously or consciously put uh, put ourselves like lower oftentimes than men. So I think first being aware of that and knowing like, hey, like there's, there's men out there, our counterparts that maybe are sometimes are less qualified than us yet. They're getting the opportunities and, and they're 
they're also going for those opportunities. And so um, that question of like, well, why can't I, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and how can I? So I think it's a lot of like, if this is something I'm still working on is like communicating what my needs are and what my wants are. I remember I was in like a coaching session and it was a one hour coaching session. And it, and I was like debating on, uh, it was like a team-based decision where I was uh, in a leadership role. And I was like, okay, well, if we go this direction and this is how this will impact this group and this group. And then if we do this, like for like 55 minutes, it was like this, like, (laughs) ah, and then like literally like around 55 minutes in, I, I made a comment about like, um, what I want to see is like a vision of this. And then my coach was like, Whoa, stop. I want to stop you. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, did you know that it's been 55 minutes of you discussing this? And this is the first time you've said the words I want, or I need Mm. everything prior has been about what other people, what would help other people, what would make this person's life easier. But this is the first time you've said, I want, Mm. and I just want to bring that up. And it really hit me. And I was like, oh my gosh, how often I am thinking about like, and of course we want to think and help other people like what we talked about earlier, but I think women, especially um, because we're naturally nurturers, we give so much to other people, but if we don't fill our own cup, there's only so much we can give to others and we run ourselves dry. So I think for me, it's about being like a lot more direct in my communication Mm -hmm. and um, uh, saying things like, um, I need X or I want Y and then use, and then um, sometimes adding a because like explaining Mm -hmm. so that it's not, it doesn't come across as like super demanding or um, asking for too much. Like if it's something that I think is a bigger ask, then Mm -hmm. I share the why. And then it's a lot easier for someone to say yes, because they understand where we're coming from. Now for some women, myself included, sometimes getting the courage to like even say that can be terrifying. What would be your advice to like get the courage up to speak in that manner? Sure. Um, So there's some uh, little phrase that I use sometimes um, is like, if I'm about to ask something and I feel uncomfortable and I Mm -hmm. also don't know if this is like too big of an ask, like I might preface, I I might first say, okay, um, this might be, uh, would it be like crazy for me to ask or would it be too much for me to like ask X or um, want Y or whatever it is, right? Like, oh, like, could it be like, would it be way too much to ask for you to connect me with your friend so-and-so that you just talked about? Because Mm -hmm. I'm currently working on blah, blah, blah. And I think we might have some nice synergy here uh, for these reasons, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I just like spitball something. So um, if it makes you feel more comfortable to add that preface to that question, I think that for me has made it a little bit more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, uh, things that I remind myself of is like, look, you're going to be in the same spot if you don't ask, right? It's a no if you don't ask. So there's more, uh, sure, it might feel disappointing, but that's where we get to let go of expectations and like, we'll just see what happens. I read a quote, um, the exact phrasing, I don't quite remember this morning that was like, um, as as much as disappointment hurts, regret can last forever. Mm. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, all right. Okay. So if we don't <laughs> ask for what we want or we don't communicate our needs, right. And we just like, uh, then is this something we could end up regretting for the rest of our lives? Um, you know, when we die, uh, we don't 
what we don't want is like to regret like the relationships we could have had, the the opportunities that we were like scared to go after. You know what I mean? And that sucks. <laughs> right. So even if it's like imagining like, you know, like we're all we're all gonna die at some point. So like how do we make the most of our life and how do we go after the things that we want? And um and it matters, you know, the more that we it's like a as I said, it's like a spiral, the more we help other people. They um, we're helping ourselves and growing and learning, and then they're helping us. And when we ask for things, and this is the other piece that doesn't always get talked about when we talk about being a go giver, right? And being generous mm-hmm. is like the importance of also asking for support. I believe in balance. It doesn't feel right to me if you're always someone who gives, 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 and never asks for help. Um, I think that that is. I would say equally not good (laughs) as not giving, honestly, because I I think it's so important, like energetically, like giving and receive. And I think some people are way better on one front than the other. And I think we need to work on whichever side we're less comfortable with. Oh, yes. Always pushing ourselves into the next uncomfortable thing, but for growth. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, everything happens, everything we really want happens outside our comfort zone, right? If we want something yes. never achieved, we've got to do things we've never done. Well, and also like if it was easy and comfortable, you probably wouldn't be interested and wanted to want to do right. it. Right. Everyone would have already done it, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Yes. And so much of it's like we have a lot of people have goals and dreams. And like let's say for an actor, it's like to be on a series regular on a TV show. Like a lot of actors have that that goal and that dream. But the question is, and you have to really ask yourself this are you willing to do what it takes to get to that goal because i think anyone anyone can do anything anyone else has done i truly mm-hmm. believe that and that's the teacher in me that's the coach in me but that's like i firmly believe that but are you willing to do everything that you need in order to make that happen and i think most people if they're truly honest with themselves they'll they'll say i'm not doing everything i can and i know or i'm not mm-hmm. getting i'm not reaching out to get asked for support the way i know i need to 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 achieve this big goal Oh, yes. And it's just another reminder to not go to your bed with regrets is ask and ask. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Jonah, you are just so impressive. This is honestly a very selfish question. I just really want to know who are the people that have inspired you or books you have read that have really stuck with you or even just a talk you've heard? Oh, uh, because I know you got a lot. (laughs) I am a big fan. I shifted from being like seeing like being a know-it-all. Uh, it was quite annoying, I'm sure, to being a learn-it-all in life. Mm. So um, I like our Career Activate Elite program has been modeled after coaching programs that I've been a part of. And so for me, I'm always inspired by our coaches at Career Activate. They're fantastic. Um, the coaches I've had in my life, uh, like Matt Browning, um, I did NLP training through with him, and NLP was really huge on um, helping me have almost like a user's manual for the mind of understanding Mm. like how our minds work, like why we create the beliefs the behaviors we do, how do we shift those behaviors and habits? How do we communicate more effectively with people? So um, there's a lot of like things you can Google and YouTube with like NLP and things like that. There's a, an audiobook I listened to recently called Eat That Frog um, that I enjoyed. It was like very simple, but it was really about like, what are like each day you want to eat a frog <laughs> at least, which is like, what's the thing that maybe it's not the most time pressing thing in your life. There's not necessarily a deadline, but it's really important. 
right? That could look like finally, uh, like for me, I, I was had thought about how, like looking into financial advisors for a long time because that's an area that I don't know a lot about. And I just like put it off and put it off. I'm like, well, there's no specific deadline. And I was like, okay, like financial wellness and what financial health is important, just like other areas of health. And so that was like me eating a frog was like, okay, I am going to ask for recommendations. I'm going to post on Facebook and I'm going to reach out to a few friends. And that to me was eating a big frog that day because it's something that I put off for years. On the lazy uh, little comment earlier, years, years. <laughs> so like that was an example of like eating that frog. Um, and I, I love going on YouTube and just whatever I'm dealing with. Like I was struggling with like some like anxiousness in um, my uh, romantic relationship. And so literally I went on YouTube and I'm just like, uh, you know, dealing with anxiety in relationships. And I love listening to like a lot of the advice and the stories. And it really helps reframe and put a perspective on things. So I'm constantly seeking out, like, I I will always have at least one coach in er every area of life that I care about. And so, yes, I am a big proponent of that. And I believe in that. Oh, I love that. Because I think it also is a lot about your character that like, you can just go on YouTube and listen to something and really let it in. I think it says a lot about your presence and your openness. And I think that's something we can all work on is to you know be open to coaching, be open to, you know, looking outside to help what's going on inside. And just like, it's, you know, it, it feels like everything's right at our fingertips, but sometimes we get so blocked. Yes, that's very true. Well said. So Jonah, you are so insanely impressive. Thank you so much Thank for you, taking Marley. the time. Oh, you're please. pretty amazing. Oh. I've gotten to see you grow and shine and like, it's awesome. Cause I feel like you really like honed in on like, like your it factor. And it very much comes out like, you know, when you're doing your podcast or acting or in our community. And thank you for the really amazing specific questions you asked. Oh my gosh. Well, just thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for being like the force that you are. I'm just so glad that I know you and I want everyone else to know you as well. So if you could tell everybody where they can find you and all the information about um, that you can give us about um, your upcoming projects. <laughs> sure. Uh, so you can follow me on the social medias at Jonah Shao. So that's spelled J-O-N-A. IAO. Um, so you can follow me there. Um, if you're an actor and you want support on the business side and you're willing to um, get some support and encouragement and tips and strategies, we have a wonderful mailing list and a lot of free content. You can go to careeractivate.com um, and you can also follow at careactivate on the different socials. And in terms of upcoming projects, um, so I have a TV show um, that I played a really, it was a very dramatic role um, that uh, what can I say? Um, it really touches on um, a side of human labor and um, like sweatshops that I think a lot of people overlook. And so I think it's a, a subject that um, is really important. And that comes out probably in November. It's an action thriller. Um, I'm also, uh, I have a project that's coming out on Disney plus, uh, in, I heard the last date I heard was 2024. I was like, what? (laughs) 2024? That's a whole, like, oh my gosh. No, like um, I feel like I'll be a different person by then. <laughs> Not yeah. Really, but. Where I play like a really badass 
uh, female character that, um, yeah. <laughs> well, we have much to look out for with Jonah Shaw, and you can catch her also in Hightown and in Raya as well. Those are already some projects out, as we've mentioned. Jonah, thank you so much again for being here. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Marley. You're fantastic. Ah, thank you guys. We'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope you guys learned a lot about how to make space for yourself in very competitive industries, such as the entertainment industry. Something I loved about this episode is I think this can apply to a lot of other very competitive industries as well. Jonah Shaw, thank you so much for coming on this podcast and being so open, so vulnerable and giving us all of those insider little tidbits you just sprinkled in there as well. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube as well. You can find that at Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. Check us out on Instagram and TikTok. And guys, as always, We'll see you next Tuesday.